Welcome to the Reticle Up Podcast, where I, Three Gun Kenzie, will be interviewing competitive shooters, hunters, fishermen, archers, entrepreneurs, and outdoorsmen. Come learn with me as I interview people from all walks of life, in different disciplines, all across the world, from novices to professionals of all ages. No matter what, everyone has something they can teach you. So come join me on the journey. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. I'm here with my buddy, Chase Rains. So he's the owner of Valhalla Armory, and he's a competitive shooter on Team Ely. Um, I think we finally met in person this year, I want to say. <laughs> yeah, I believe so. Uh, low cap, Nats. Yeah, it's cool how like you meet people kind of like on social media because you have a really small following. And then when you finally meet them in person, it's like you already know the people. Yeah, you were clutch that match though. You picked me up at the airport without knowing me, so that was cool. <laughs> that was not sketchy. Okay, but legit, <laughs> look, the shooting community, right? Like, I've had offers to stay at people's places that I've, like, never really met or know, <laughs> so. <laughs> Although, I will never pick you up from the airport again because you tried to throw my CMP card out the window, and that takes an hour to do. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't need it. <laughs> so much stress. So, um, yeah, kicking this off, I want to know, like, where did you first learn how to shoot firearms? Uh, so I started shooting just rifles, handguns when I was four with my dad, wow. just kind of out shooting rabbits, fair dogs. Um, never really did any competitive things until like three years ago. Um, yeah, just, you know, hunt, hunting was everything growing up. So we'd go out, spend the day blowing rabbits up, fair dogs, have a competition of who got more. So I started out with two, two, three, and then gradually built up to bigger rifles. Okay. Now, did you eat prairie dogs? Is like, is that something people do? No, we eat, we eat rabbit, but not prairie dogs. They're they're okay. just varmints. So okay. keep the cows from breaking their legs. For that, yeah. No, I like rabbit. I just wasn't sure on, on prairie dogs. That's not where I'm from. <laughs> we eat squirrel, but no prairie dogs. Yeah. Okay, so that's pretty cool. So, like, what was what was the first firearm that you actually bought yourself when you finally got into it? Like for competition or just when I turned it in general, like when was that first time you went out and bought a gun? What was it? Uh, first time was a 1911 45. Oh, so you went to a badass off the get go. Yeah, just, that was my first gun. I bought a matching set and then I had this cool uh, holster that would hold both of them in it and it would sit on my lower back. <laughs> no, you <laughs> I didn't. bought that. Yeah. <laughs> Ended up buying it in some like little gun shop in the mountains one day. Thought it was the coolest thing ever. <laughs> Whoever made it, that. Man. Whoever made that had to have the biggest man's ego in the world to have to have two guns. <laughs> oh, for sure, yeah. And of course I bought it and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> two matching nineteen elevens, you know. Was it comfortable? Top of the world. It wasn't bad. I mean where it when I was four wheeling and stuff and just you know, I didn't know no better at eighteen. I just was like, Yeah, fuck, why not? Yeah. So two was it like better. Deadpool style where you just pull them out? <laughs> yeah, you just grab them from behind your back and Ah, good to go yeah that's hysterical <laughs> it's hysterical so like it's all nice leather holster it's really nice made but yeah and then i realized uh it's kind of ridiculous so <laughs> okay when did you change <laughs> guns then after that what'd you go to uh ever since then i've been shooting glocks yeah. i just love glocks so and you're good at shooting glocks which that's hard to do <laughs> yeah. yeah i have good luck with this thing so i enjoy them so like I when shoot you everything i put in them yeah, that's true. They eat up everything. Now, when you were like that that kiddo or whatever, did you um, open carry or like did you take a concealed carry class or what did you do before like competition shooting? Uh, not to incriminate myself, but I just carried, you know, concealed carry. 
Yeah. I decided out of mind's my theory on that. Uh, I don't think anybody needs a permit to have something to defend themselves. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, but it was different times also, you know, a lot of people had guns in their cars at schools. We didn't have all this issues like nowadays. So it's a lot easier just to carry and not, you know, I didn't carry in school, but definitely in the parking lot. Yeah. No, yeah. I've traveled and made sure I had a firearm at all times pretty much, but um so like what came first did you jump into like a shooting competition or did you take a class of any kind or get training or what how i found uspsa or just Just, yeah how did you like find the world of competitive shooting and like did you get educated and take a class first you just went straight into competition mode no so i was teaching basic pistol and stuff like i had my own system that i was training and teaching people and then i just happened to get a just get an email about the USPSA in Odessa and never knew what it was. So I showed up with my drop leg holster (laughs) block, you know, just, just all that good stuff. uh, Like we all start with and uh, shot it, sucked at it. And I was, I was very accurate, but it was very slow. (laughs) So every time I come into position, you know, set up real nice, make sure I got dead center hits. So. Yes. Yes. I remember those days. What was that like? Do you remember like how the community was or like how, you know, what your experience, what you were thinking about when you were shooting this match? Yeah. I mean, I was like, I'm killing it, you know, just, (laughs) just killing the points. Didn't really understand hit factory and any of the, you know, time I saw the guys just burning it down. I'm thinking, Oh, well, you know, whatever they're, they're not hitting the center. So I'll win (laughs) with my points, you know, never got last, but was like second or third to last. (laughs) yeah humbling man so, experience and i'm a very competitive person so i did not like that so <laughs> it didn't last long <laughs> do you remember did you start out in like shooting limited or what'd you do so i was shooting limited minor yeah yeah i was yeah. using my uh glock 19 so it's a good division i think for a lot of people to start with it's easy most people have a gun that works you don't have to count rounds simple yeah and then after like five locals uh switched to production and Ooh. just shot the 19 there so I can, so I could, uh, you know, keep the points with the minor, with the minor scoring across the board. Yeah. Yeah. That's why carry optics, I think is so much fun to shoot. You have a level playing field for those that don't reload ammo. <laughs> right. For sure. So do you remember like, um, going back, like, so what was the progress for you when you went to that first competition? Like what made you go back? What were you thinking? What made you improve? Uh, losing. That was <laughs> That was my driving factor. I couldn't leave and not come back and, you know, beat the guys that beat me. Oh. So I'm overly competitive. <laughs> Did you ever read the rule book? No, never read it to this day. <laughs> what? Jeez. <laughs> At least you're honest. I just wing it. <laughs> At yeah, least you're just... honest. <laughs> oh, my God. So, I mean, you what what uh, classification did you start out with limited to? Uh, so I jumped right into B class and limited. Nice. And now where are you at? Uh, master and that and carry optics and then a and open and production so are you working on one right now specifically to hit gm no i'm kind of playing in all divisions just kind of seeing where i want to make at my home so what what do you I really love i really love limited we all know that that's my main my main thing but i'm really leaning towards possibly open next season yeah because ely uh, makes ammo for it now Right. So that's the issue with the limited is they don't make 40 yet. I'm not sure when it's not the biggest market, of course. Yeah. So we'll see what either carry optics production or open. We'll see. I like to open a shot it recently and it was a fun time. I feel like, um, 
40 or USPSA is what keeps 40 caliber alive. Just saying. Oh, for sure. <laughs> That's the only reason it exists still. <laughs> yeah, we don't sell many 40s at the shop, so. Yeah. Unless they're competitive shooters. True. So, like, what's uh, what's one thing you wish you had done sooner when it comes to competitive shooting? I wish I would have went and took a class. Yeah. <laughs> I was self-taught for the first two years. <laughs> well, then uh, when did you take your first class? I took a JD Recalcitrant class about a uh, year ago at uh what match was it it was down in houston i can't remember it was one of the texas matches so what changed that was a everything efficiency and movement <laughs> he's like you're fast and shoot fast and see fast but you're very wild mm-hmm. <laughs> anybody's watched me shoot from a couple years back is just rough it was nasty but very sloppy hits <laughs> Wait, that's that changed box. since now? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> a little more accurate now, the wild yeah. side. So, yeah. Okay, so taking a class. I mean, and then have you taken another one since JJ? Yeah, so I took JJ's class, and then I took a Max Michelle class, yes. and then I also took a secondary JJ class. So, okay. So, what are these things that instructors like can point out that you can't necessarily see for yourself? Just inefficiencies, definitely. Like. You don't realize how much time you burn and uh, exiting wrong or coming into the position wrong or keeping the gun down, coming into position. It's just, it's all these fractional seconds that just add up in the end of a match, especially big matches like nationals where it's 20 stages. You know, if you're burning two seconds a stage, you're, you're out of the top, right? Yeah. So, you know, efficiency is everything. That's where Max and JJ excel at for sure. Yeah. For uh, for you, like, were you on your own too, and like the whole process, or did you ever have friends like that went to the competitions with you, or were you just literally by yourself trying to figure it out? So originally it's just me, and then uh, I picked up another buddy of mine that's never done it either, so we kind of <laughs> just brought it, and and then uh, about halfway through my first season, that's when I met uh, O'Cotter at a <laughs> at a match. <laughs> what was that experience like? What did y'all do? What was your first date? <laughs> Uh, so it's, uh, it's called Paper and Iron Championship. It was on the desk. It's like a 40-year match. That it finally ended. The guy retired. But uh, we were both B-class limited, and I ended up taking a win on him there. He got second, and then uh, we've just been best friends since. <laughs> so it was, it was nice because it, it was somebody to compete with and drive us to be better because both of us were on our first season. We didn't know the sport, so it was nice to be able to bounce off each other. So has Trevor read the rule book? <laughs> I doubt it. Run one of the best. So both of you haven't actually progressed in learning anything. <laughs> rule wise, no, yeah, we just we just learned to shoot and go fast. <laughs> oh my god! Worry about the rules when it comes time. Okay, well, looking back now, though, you know, for the, the newer people listening, what do you think is like the hardest part or the worst part about showing up to a match without a clue of like hit factor or rulings or gear or any of that? Um. Best thing you do for a new shooter is just be humble when you come and just be an open book to absorb everything. Like you you might think you're a badass, but you're not when it comes to that kind of sport. It's totally different than shooting tactically, right? You know, we teach a lot of PD guys and I show them some of the competition stuff and it's just two different levels, but two different, you know, needs to be trained on that. Yeah. Yeah. I think a class would have been something everyone should have done sooner, right? I agree. Hmm. So, okay. You shot, or you've shot USPSA. Have you dabbled in IDPA? I've never shot IDPA. 
Okay. Yeah. No, I haven't either. But uh, this past weekend, <laughs> we had like a charity match and they use IDP targets and IDP scoring. And it was the worst experience I've ever had in my entire life. Like you just rack up time. Oh, I did. I did very well for what I thought that I was not doing well. You know what I mean? <laughs> I feel like I would excel in that, like just from watching videos, but I, I don't know. There's just not much IDP around here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I had no clue. It was frustrating. I'm not a big, not a big fan of uh, best. <laughs> well, you didn't have to wear the vest. That's, this is the whole thing. Nice. Everyone had to shoot limited 10. Everyone had to shoot um, like the, the division capacities, like USPSA, right? And then you had to do some stages IDPA mandatory with the target, whatever threat stuff. I don't know. Then yep. the rings were the thing. I don't, dude. <laughs> IDPA has its, you know, specific things that are cool about it, you know, for more of a tactical shooting. Like I could see that as well. But yeah, I think it's more for like the guys that want to be fluid not fast right yeah yeah i no, couldn't really slow myself down in one match you know what i mean it seems like most uspsa shooters that go shoot ipa just crush everybody yeah I mean, it's just what i've seen from scores so <laughs> not from i, I shocked myself yeah having some sort of competitive experience helps <laughs> <All right. laughs> now okay you have shot three gun though right yes yeah okay what did you do tack ops or open uh tech ops Okay, how'd that go? What what matches did you shoot? Just some in this area. We had a there's pretty good following on three gun for a while out here, and then it kind of died off. Uh, my first year I was there, so I never hit any majors in it. Um, sadly, I enjoyed oh. it though. Really, really enjoyed shotgun. That's the one thing I missed because I'm real proficient with a rifle, but <laughs> I enjoy shotgun a lot. Why is everyone so afraid of a shotgun? You think? I guess through needle, maybe. I just, I've always sh shot shotguns growing up. And I mean, I don't see that it's a hard thing to run or load or, yeah. I don't know. I, I just think it's unknown, right? People are scared of the unknown. They don't want to look like a fool trying to quad load and totally <laughs> just bum it up. So they put too much thought on that when they, we saw it too, guys. It's like when pistol shooters learned that they had to manage like two different firearms, like, you know, all hell breaks loose. It's not necessarily a shotgun. I think it's just, there's a lot of different, aspects that go into shooting and mastering three different weapons platforms for sure agreed so did you I mean, went out and shot like did you train after that or did you learn like what you need to work on after the three gun or just yeah three gun stuff yeah i didn't really train much i just winged it and had fun <laughs> so chase <laughs> did you I didn't know any better <laughs> that's true did you quad I mean, load a shotgun yeah, I can quad load a shotgun. Okay. So how do we get you back to three gun? Give me a shotgun. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you don't want mine. All I ran was, I just ran the JM Pro when I, that's all I had. So I really enjoyed it. It ran great, but I'm sure there's way better shotguns out there than a J Mossberg. But yeah, yeah, I'm not willing to dedicate that much money to three different guns yeah. currently. Yeah, right I now. enjoy the stages of three gun. Like, I think they're awesome having the natural terrain stages. Mm -hmm. I wish USPSA had more of those. Like, I think that definitely changed the game for sure. Hmm. Um, but then I don't think you would have the same amount of people wanting to play that. Yeah. Because it is a very physical, I think three guns more physical, running up a hill and, you know, mm -hmm. rocky terrains, et cetera. So. Yeah. I remember, um, I think it was John Browning this summer. He posted a stage from Nordic and his time was over a minute. So in Instagram, you know, it goes for 60 seconds. He's like, I had to make this a real because <laughs> <laughs> he's wicked fast. And so for him to shoot a 60 over 60 second stage, you know, us less than ideal shooters, it's like three minute stages. I don't know. 
That's good time. But then again, you know, like somebody might be super proficient in handgun shooting at USPSA, yeah. but then they go to three gun and it, it it just kills them on the rifle or shotgun positions. Mm-hmm. So, but then again, like three gunners, you know, they go shoot USPSA, they usually see some fault in their handgun work, right? Because yeah. they're putting it all the time with shotgun rifle. So I think it's a hard translation to just jump back and forth to those two. Oh, I agree. Now, have you shot like steel challenge or any other sports as well? I shot a little bit of steel challenge uh, my first year just for fun. Mm-hmm. Didn't really know what I was doing again. Just of course. they said, just shoot at the five pieces and make it happen. <laughs> so um, overall, the few of those, you know, won some prizes from those, but nothing like the world speed shooter, not like that. Just, I don't know. Steel challenge never really caught my eye. I think it will in the next few years as my daughter gets older, because that's what yeah. we'll start in. But for now, I just, I don't really care about steel. Sure. So like, but my question for you, and this is why I was leading up to this. So you've shot USPSA, three guns, steel challenge, you know, why is it good? And you know, a shotgun, obviously. so like, why is it good to be a well-rounded shooter though? in like multiple shooting disciplines, how do they kind of help each other out? Um, I think if you're proficient like USPSA, you can gain some time with people on three gun for sure. Especially if your weakness is a rifle or shotgun. So you can kind of burn up some of your mistakes in that with your handgun speed, if you're proficient with it, right? Um, Just knowing three different platforms, though, it just makes you better in life for any kind of shooting. Everybody should know how to fix malfunctions and ARs or shotguns, handguns, because that shit happens a lot. (laughs) Really? I've never had that happen. You know best. Like, I've never. What are you talking about? (laughs) And then I think like, you should become a gunsmith because, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm kind of ish there. I, I don't know. I haven't had a rifle problem when I built my rifle. I don't understand shotguns. I don't think, I don't, I don't, they're simple. They're too simple. So why are they messing up? Yeah. Like, I don't. <laughs> Just your bad juju. Uh, I don't know. Um, okay. So like, why, why did you stick with USPSA? What was the intrigue there to stick to like that sport specifically? So when I shot three gun, like I said, I really enjoyed it. But then again, you have 10K tied up in three guns, <laughs> but they're not, the, they're not the best guns at 10K, right? Let's say you take a dissonant, right? What's dissonant? About $3,000 roughly? Four-ish now. Yeah. Four-ish. And then you want a good AR. That's at least two minimum for my a decent AR. Three. My pistol's three. My shotgun's three. I have nine that's for the best. Right. So that's... That's from good shit, right? Yeah. Atlas so, made my own and then uh running Benelli. Right. So for me it was like, all right, I want to take that 10 grand and put it into handguns that I can use as a backup in a primary, right? 10 yeah. grand and a couple guns. Um I guess, you know, I can afford the three gun to get better guns, but then at the time I was like tired of all this heavy ass box with three guns and three kinds of ammo and all this gear and <laughs> it's just a lot if you're not super dedicated to it, right? Yes. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I but I will say the comedian three guns really cool because like I showed up to a match and it was like a fifty round shotgun stage and I had a four round caddy <laughs> and you know they're like oh here borrow my chest for you again you know it's just that's the nice thing about shooting communities is everybody's gonna is willing to loan out guns gear but they don't expect anything in return right yeah they're not like oh yeah you owe me five hundred dollars <laughs> <laughs> yeah no we want um, people shooting right so it's really nice I think that's the best part of our sport the people for sure. Now, like for, um, I feel like with, with your terrain stages and stuff, did you ever get, did you shoot like base style stages? Did you shoot long range? Did you shoot run and gun? I'm just kind of intrigued at what you had out where you live. Uh, mostly long range. Cause we just have open plains out here. Nice. 
See, yeah, that's maybe cool. run through some beans and it's fun though. I mean, taking it out, you know, plate rack at 300 yards. That's yeah. a pain in the ass. <laughs> yeah, I, I learned a lot doing those because, like, I'm shooting. A, I was at shooting a Yotech, and at 300 yards, the dot's bigger oh. than the plate, so it's just kind of guessing. Yeah. Oh, that doesn't sound. Uh, fun. It's, but experience comes from right. Keep doing matches and seeing what what works, what doesn't work. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you got to keep coming back for more. So yeah, first match. Honestly, go to the first match. You go to the first match. Get out of the way. <laughs> exactly. It's very painful. Now, like for right now, too, you've um you've almost been like a mentor to a couple of kiddos. And I say kids because we're old. Um, <laughs> so like, uh, what are the new competitors that you're bringing to the shooting sports? What are you teaching them, and what matches have they shot with you? So Riley's my main student right now. Riley Murphy, uh, bullets and bullets. <laughs> he has a nice mullet. Um. He's a good kid. He came from Steel Challenge real fast at Steel Challenge. Um, Trevor actually trained him in Steel Challenge. Nice. Um, at the little, he did some kind of club for the boys and girls there in, in the area. And so once he wanted to go to USPSA, he came training me. Um, took him to like North Arizona Classic, CO Nats. He went to Area 4, I believe. Um, he's been to about five big matches with me this year. And okay. he's just excelled every match. It's impressive. He shot Dragon's Cup. So it's, it's impressive. His drive is, is nice. It's just, he's not, you know, he wants to beat me. So he's just always pushing and pushing every big match. He's about 10% better. It's, it's cool to watch him come from the bottom. And now he's, he's saying about a good a class shooter. So in his first year, which I wish I had somebody to help me when I was first started, it would have made a huge difference. Yeah. Now, and, and he's a junior level shooter, right? Like how old is he? He's 17, so yeah, he has two more years. He just turned, he's just turning 17 or he is 17, one of two. <laughs> yeah, I saw him in Texas this year, and I feel like from Texas to nationals, like grew up overnight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Taller, I don't know. Pu- puberty hit. Puberty, yeah, <laughs> I didn't want to say it. <laughs> Sorry, Riley. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's a great kid, so yeah. he's real focused right now. He's training for Steel Challenge. He wants to shoot the World Speed Shoot next year, so that's his main focus. And then we'll get back on the USPSA train. So, so what is he shooting USPSA, and what is his um, goal in World Speed Shoot? Like, what division is he going for? So, Carry Optics, he shoots a Sig in there, but his main thing is just uh, Iron Sight pistol. He shoots up a Corson. It's all oh, yeah. done up. Yeah. So it's it's a it's it's a damn nice uh, twenty two for whatever he has into it. <laughs> I think it's yeah. like four grand. Which oh. to me, I just can't do it. But whatever it is, I could be wrong. It could be two grand. But either way, for me, it's like. I ain't putting that much on a 22. <laughs> oh, I, um, actually I'm setting up an NRL 22 rifle, but that's a different game. That'll get me to PRS one day. So, so I mean, he just wants to win. So, I mean, I believe he's master class in, uh, 22 and carry optics and still challenge. So, so we've kind of seen a lot of this happen recently. I think, uh, you know, Chris Barrett came over from steel challenge in the USPSA. Um, why did I forget his name? I know his name wins all the matches. Oh my goodness. Shoots for Palmetto. Never heard of him. Ah, that's going to bother <laughs> I, me. I, I, yeah, I have no idea what you're talking about. Anyways, but I, I've, it'll come to me in a minute because I, I just blanked. But all of these kids that are junior shooters that are, you know, at the top of their level in, in Steel Challenge are coming over and they're crushing USPSA. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Definitely. That's to do with that gun handling. You know, they're shooting that steel as fast as they see it. I think that transitions to help them on the, seeing the targets and everything faster. And like Riley, you know, you put him in this half steel stage and he crushes that steel like it's nothing. It's just pop, 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 pop. 
Yeah. So, and his biggest inefficiency was movement, but that's, you know, and still challenge, you're only moving box to box. So it's, it's hard to train that when you don't need it. Right. Yeah. But once you, once you combine all the skills they already have and then add what they need, it's just, they're going to be, the kids nowadays are just killing it in sport. I mean, yes. I wish I started as a kid. It meant yep. great. I think it started till 27. So, and I would have not broke as many bones as a kid if I was actually doing this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to break my back and all the good stuff. So, yeah. Uh, That's not good. But no, I look forward to the students. You know, they're crushing it. So, I remember the name Grant Kunkel. Duh. Yeah, Grant. Okay. I do know Grant. I didn't know he shot for Palmetto, but. Yeah. So, like, he's been, I mean, he's been doing really good. Shot two gun. Um, it's been like, I mean, a huge year for him. So I, I think that still challenge has its place though, for like eye speed and transitions and being able to call your shots and stuff, you know, and that's, what's cool is like those skills are transferable and then movement's easier to pick up once you have the accuracy down. No, for sure. Cause then you just incorporate it all and make it work. So. Yeah. Now, in your opinion, like how important is it for us shooters to bring new people, you know, into the shooting community and what, how did you do that? How did you find that kid, you know, and help them? I mean, if we don't bring more people, we're going to lose, you know, we're not going to grow any more than we are. And that just, the older we all get, the less, you know, the sport's going to get smaller and smaller if we don't bring in the youth. Um, the more youth shoots, they tell their friends, their friends want to come, right? You just, it's word of mouth grows the sport, in my opinion. Um, and the younger you get them, the more, you know, they're addicted to it. And then it's a lifelong thing. So. Bullets over drugs, right? <laughs> it's like a healthy addiction. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, just in these kids, you know, I I just find kids that their parents kind of sought me out. You know, they'll see me at a match shooting and they're just like, hey, we want you to teach my kid. Um, some of them just hit me up randomly on Instagram and be like, hey, I like, you know, the videos you do are cool. What is that? You know, and so I'm just like, hey, man, if you want to come check it out, we'll we'll meet up at the range. And so it's it's just you grab them from different, you know, demographics of life. Some will just, they'll see me on Instagram and they've never shot a gun in their life because their parents aren't real big on guns. So those are a little bit trickier to get on, mm-hmm. but you know, once they become an adult and they're, they're on it. So. Yeah. Juniors definitely need their support somehow of their parent or guardian, you know, for sure. Yeah. It's kind of impossible, yeah. but the ones that do have it, they are the world champions. <laughs> so I got guardianship of Riley. That's my son. <laughs> do you really? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I get to take him wherever I want, but yeah. I mean, according to the Williams sisters, I'm his dad. So, you know. <laughs> I don't know like, is that your son? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he and has the mullet. You have the beard, so you know. <laughs> yeah, apparently, I look, you know, old enough to be his dad. So, <laughs> awesome. <laughs> terrible. Um, okay, I do have a question about that too. Like, um, you know, there are people that are like natural born teachers. I feel like, or there's pe- people that like can't teach, you know, but they can shoot. Um, but what are some like the basics that we really need to share with new competitors? Like even thinking about your first match, what do you wish someone had just ran over the basics with you about? Honestly, the biggest thing I preach to my guys is mindset. Mindset's everything in the sport, in my opinion. Like you can learn shooting, you can learn movement, you can learn all the stuff you have to do in the sport. But if you don't have the right mindset, you'll break. It's just, it's that simple. In my opinion, you know, that's just for my learning. Um, so I wish somebody had told me mindset was everything because my first season I would just get frustrated and just start ripping splits. So <laughs> and, you know, that's not the way it was. It works. So what changed? Like what is the mindset you have now? 
just go with the flow, ice in the veins, right? Just uh, if you make a mistake, don't don't speed up. Just finish your stage the way you planned it. Um, if the gun breaks, you can't do anything about that. You just got to carry on. Don't let your mindset change of what your goal is. And, you know, if your gun breaks mid-stage, you can't finish the stage. You take that loss on that stage, and then you try to just keep your scores on the rest of the stages. You can usually drop a bad stage here and there and still come out pretty well. But once you get that mindset that you drop that stage and I got to burn those other five stages down, then you're compiling mistakes and then end up in, you know, you end up losing. So. Oh, okay. And I, I don't know if you listened to Mike Stoker's episode with me because we talked about your mindset of how you just blow off the, the bad stage, and like move on. And meanwhile, him and I are trying to figure out how to do that. <laughs> Like, how did you teach yourself or how do you like come off a bad stage and, and rewire your brain to like move on? What do you do? I've always had that mindset, like in overall, like in life, just bad shit's going to happen. It's part of life. You know, I've had some stuff happen back in my day that just helped me with that mindset. <laughs> we won't get into detail about that, but just, you know, it's, that's key is just breathe and just let it happen. I mean. After the stage is gone, it's gone. There's nothing I can do to bring it back and get it back. Points are gone. I mean, I wish I could get it back, but why let that bother your, you know, next stage? So I usually give me and my students about a minute or two to be pissed off about it, move on. So, but me, honestly, I can just, I just walk away from the stage. I'm done. It's over. It's on, it's on the next one. So, yeah, I'm very, you know, I feel like I, I'm pretty chill. In the, I don't let things get to me overall. So, so frustrating. From our perspective of we can't replicate that. <laughs> right. It happens. <laughs> yeah. I think it's one of my stronger attributes. So oh for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and like the overall experience, I think, uh, of teaching someone too also can like help you listen to yourself better. You know what I mean? Like we'll tell them what to do and we're like, why don't we just do that as well? I don't know if that makes sense or not, but it helps yeah, both sure, yeah. people. Hmm. Yep. Okay, Definitely. so going Once into oh go ahead. Yeah, hearing it out loud definitely, I think, helps yourself learn. Yeah. Because you know, I tell Riley something, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I should, I should <laughs> probably take that advice, too. Yeah. yeah. Well, then you guys come, like, a team. So he probably knows how to help you, and you are not, yeah, happy with the performance, and, like, vice versa, right? Yeah, when he's frustrated, you know, I tell him to go take a walk and get, you know, get his head right. So it's it's good to have somebody, like, to hang out with and actually keep your game right. So, like, Trevor was that for me before he moved back to Houston you know i'd slap him and be like focus figure it out <laughs> so it's nice it's nice so for you um yeah tell me about your journal journey into like division wise like i know you shoot a bunch right so how are you mastering a dot and how are you mastering irons and how are you going back and forth are you dry firing in between like that's really hard to do so irons is always my main game i love irons uh so for production i started in that because i felt that that would make me more proficient in my reloading and movement and stage planning which i think definitely helped a lot uh, if you see my magwell my limited gun it barely has any scratches over three seasons i don't miss hardly ever and that bugs people that was like oh it's it's a new magwell i'm like no i just something i practiced a lot right uh, especially reloading to a glock you don't you don't have any room for error it's tiniest magwell ever or no magwell it's just <laughs> just the frame yeah. Uh, but transitioning, you know, from nine to 40, that's no big deal. It's just recoil. Um, I know you didn't do it like the recoil too much, but 
I had a wrong. I had the wrong gun. I had the wrong gun. No, and I called that. I knew that I had the wrong gun. Didn't weigh enough. Yeah, polymer groups are not for me. (laughs) Right, but yeah, transitioning to dot. You know, and I've dabbled in dot this season more than any. Um, It was definitely a big difference. My biggest hiccup was I shot my first major at Area One as with CO, and that was my fifth ever CO match. Like just at locals, first stage I plugged two no shoots because I forgot (laughs) hide over board. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So dead center of the dot, my back to, you know, I'm just like, shit. So <laughs> I honestly, I learn on the fly. Like, it's just, I can shoot all guns pretty proficiently, right? But as like a match goes, you'll see my scores increase on something I don't ever shoot yeah. because I'm getting more comfortable on the fly. But I don't find it hard to transition, honestly. I feel like once I shoot dot and I go back to irons, I actually shoot my irons better. Yeah. No, I noticed that this past weekend because I hadn't shot limited 10 since low cap. And I've been playing a little bit, you know, with PCC, I actually shot carry optics in between there too. And I was like, okay, wow, iron's a lot easier once you have your eyes open and you really understand dot movement and lifting sights and all of that. I don't know. It worked. I yeah, I definitely agree that it's it makes you a better iron shooter. But most people that go dot don't ever go back. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't that. They experience that, right? And they're just yeah. like, oh yeah, fuck, fuck irons. I'm staying with the dot. Because don't get me wrong, I think dot's way easier. Yeah. 100%. Well, and I don't have the open, I don't have the, the gun nor the ammo loading capacity, but it's like, yeah, once they go open, they kind of never go back <laughs> to peasantry. <laughs> I don't know. I like shooting multiple divisions. I mean, I think, I know people make fun of PCC, but I think PCC also has helped me move better because I'm moving with such a large firearm. So it's made everything else faster. Don't know why. Yeah. I get a lot of shit from switching divisions so much. Uh, everybody's like, focus on one of you, you know. But I feel like, you know, all my scores across the board, you know, with different divisions, I placed pretty well for, you know, never doing it. Like, CO Nats, I took, like, 97th. Mm-hmm. And that was my second major in CO. I felt that was pretty strong for how yeah. deep that competition pool was. Everybody was in that. Yeah. Yeah, it was stacked. So. Okay. Um, I know you mentioned earlier when you were talking about different classes, not really having, I guess, like, goals-ish. But, okay, for 2022, thinking about that. Do you have goals for each division and what matches you're shooting next year? Like what you want to end up? Okay. What is, what are those? So like I'm shooting uh multi-gun Nats. Oh. I've never done that before. What? Uh, so I'd like to take top 20 in that. You Definitely. didn't tell me that, bro. We're just on barely talking right now. What? <laughs> oh yeah. So I'm hoping fun. to kick off the year with that one. Okay. Uh, I think it'd be a fun match. Uh, and then I got like Texas State Open, which is an old match in Houston. They got they haven't had it in a couple of years. They finally got a new range, so I'm excited for that one. That okay. was just a good match to have fun at. Um, and then I got Dragons Cup, of course, which is in my backyard. So that's the match of the year. <laughs> um, that one I haven't decided. I'm probably going to shoot it limited, so I can re- do what I did last year and hopefully do better than sixth overall. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I got L10 Nats. So irons are kind of the first thing for the season. Okay. Um, Trying to place top 10 in L10 Nats. What? I was curious what shotgun you're actually going to run in multi-gun nationals then. Whatever I borrow, yes. Yeah, you don't want to borrow mine. I'd offer, but yeah. <laughs> I'll probably hit up Brian and see what he has in the truck for me. Um, Sorry, Brian. Every time I borrowed a gun from him, it did not work. So That's just you. Yeah, You have bad juju. Not just me. <laughs> oh man okay so irons for the start um what's next then are you gonna do the karyoptics 
So definitely, I'm hitting four nationals this year again. Okay. So, um, L, you know, L10, which would be new for me. I've never done that one yet. Mm-hmm. I usually shoot production during that match, but since they fucked that up, I'll be shooting L10. And I feel like I can top 10 that pretty, pretty strongly. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, I'm going to hit area one, two, three, four, six, seven. So all those I expect myself to hit, you know, top 20 or better. Nice. Those are all goals, no matter what division I'm shooting in them. Okay. So I feel some are going to be a little tougher than others, of course. I mean, the heat there's depending on the division. Yeah. Because yeah. like some areas you have more limited heat, some areas you have more open CO, right? So. Yeah. And then I mean, we saw that. Nets. Oh, good. I was going to say we saw that drop off just with carry optics. I think the popularity everybody moved into that division. Mm-hmm. That was three, four hundred shooters, you know, shooting that. Exactly. It's a fun. T- I mean, it's a fun division. Mm-hmm. So I enjoyed it a lot. I don't know guns. I borrow guns for all those CO matches, so I got to <laughs> get some. Uh, this year is the year of borrowing. Shit. You own a yeah. firearms like FFL company, dude. Like, <laughs> figure it out. <laughs> Just trying different things. I want to shoot a Glock carry optics, but I really enjoyed the Sig. So it's like, mm, what do I do? Yeah. So I'm gonna do some testing off season. See which one I like best. Um, I got two gun nats, which I took 21st in that last year, I think, for my first time shooting a PCC. Nice. Uh, I borrowed Katusa's Iron City, and it ran really well. But I did not know the didn't know the zero on it, so I just haven't held the clay pigeons. So, <laughs> now, did you have height over bore problems with that? <laughs> no, that one's, you know, it's just like an AR. It's just the distance shit without yeah. knowing the dope on it. So, um, so I built my own. So pretty excited about that. It's a okay. Iron City with the Breek barrel and all that, whatever that max. Brecky barrel. custom barrel? Brecky upper? Sure, that one. Oh, whatever. my God. They're in the brands. <laughs> I don't shoot PCC, so. Yeah, but you sell <laughs> firearms. <laughs> Come on, bro. <laughs> Most people buy guns for me don't ever shoot competition, so they're no. just like, I want a Glock or a Taurus or no. Yeah. I have the full black custom though, and it it it's an amazing firearm. Um PCC, like nice. I can't say enough good things about that. That's pretty cool. And I've seen when I was ROing um PCC nationals too, I feel like everyone almost had a Brecky custom upper for the most part. Like people are using those. Yeah, I've heard good things about the barrels for sure in the uppers. I've yeah. never shot mine yet. I just built it and never it's in the safe, so yeah. I mean, it's cool, though, because, like, you can have it timed to the right, timed to the left. It actually, you know, goes with how you push the gun, how all your ammo stuff. I mean, it's just neat. It's very neat. Yeah, so I'm going to get it fitted to the Ely ammo, of course, for PCC and just I'll have a good time with it. So I'm not, like, going to go PCC full-time or nothing, so. But two-gun nats, what's your goal? Just top 20 again? I like top 10 of this year, so. Okay. Yeah, okay. That's always a goal of mine. I think now that I know the clays and shit, I'll be able to execute a little better. <laughs> Okay, but how are you going to hit all of these goals? Like, what is your training going to look like? Uh, very structured. Okay. So Elaborate. A lot of, no, secrets. All secrets. Oh. Got to do it all in the laboratory, you know. No. <laughs> no, just, uh, you know, I'm busy guy, so training doesn't come often for me, sadly. Uh, but utilize the weekends on these off-season time just to try different divisions and you know, get proficient with all of them. So you actually dry fire. I, like you, I do. I dry fire a lot, actually. Yeah. Um, that's my main reason why I feel like I've gotten better. It's just almost all dry fire. So some years I'll be able to put a lot of light, right. Uh, live rounds downrange. Some years it's, I'm working out of state. So I'm in the apartment and I get off work at dark. So it's dry fire, dry fire, dry fire. So, yeah. 
feel like everyone now is getting off at freaking dark because the sun sets like four o'clock in the afternoon. Right. Yeah. I Definitely can't sucks archery right now. after five. It's like already, already the deer is dead. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool. So just going to be a lot of, lot of training. Just uh, got to get my right leg healthy. I mean, you know, I've been in a brace for the whole season. Yeah. So definitely need to take time off with that hill up. Um, that'd be a big, big one for me. Yeah. Now, like, do you think, like, do you shoot better shooting with your buddies or do you shoot better, like, with people that are better than you to make you, you know, shoot better? Does that make sense? Really depends on the match and I think your mentality. Um, I really enjoy shooting my buddies, like, nationals that shot with all my local guys and it's just there's no pressure because everybody's just having a good time and we all shot really well um i think sometimes when you shoot with like let's just say you jump into super squad ish you know you want to call it super squad i feel sometimes you're chasing them and then if your mentality ain't right you're going to start chasing them on your movement and your speed and then you're going to fall apart <laughs> i do think there's a benefit to shooting with higher guys you know you can watch their stage planning and just their movement right but you're also not wanting to change shit on the fly where you're at a major. Yeah. So like shooting, like I shot with Shane over at area one, I shoot carry off the, she shot limited, of course. So there was no real issue there of <laughs> trying to catch him or, or, you know, change my style. Yeah. So in that kind of aspect, I think it's fun to shoot. He's a friend of mine, but like jumping on a super squad, I don't know if it's that beneficial for people. Yeah. So. I, I think it's just at the end of the day. Yeah. You want to be stress-free and yeah, if you do shoot with people that are better than you or the superstar, cause I know I have done that. You just have to like, not compare yourself to them. Like you can learn from them, but knowing that they put in 20 years and you put in three, that's a huge difference. You know, right. and it, it all comes back to that mindset I was talking about. It's just, if you let your head get in the game, you're going to screw yourself over. Yeah. If you can sit there and just shoot your game and still learn from them, that's a benefit. Right. Mm -hmm. But we also do this sport for fun with our friends. So it's nice to actually just shoot with your buddies. Yeah. And then like me, I squatted my students and buddies. So then at the same time, I can coach my guys as I'm shooting, which for me, I've seen, I actually seem to shoot better when I'm coaching my guys at the same time. Yeah. Cause you're not, because I'm not anybody. exactly. I'm just, I'm just having a good time and teaching. So, yeah. Okay. So back it up to like, um, the Nashes that you shot. I'm curious what like day one, day two pre-match like look like for you. So how are you walking stages? How are you kind of breaking down your plans for the, you know, next three days? What are you mostly like looking at when you go through that? So for me, I'm kind of weird on stage, like walking stages and stuff. I know a lot of guys walk the whole match in the first day. I don't, I don't do that. I only walk what I'm shooting on day one. And then, uh, I just, I look for my spots where I can go 100%, 90%, right? Your throttle control, how many no shoots there is, and kind of I time it in my head of what it should be in my with my skill level of where I should be on that stage, and then I envision myself just doing it. So, like nationals, you're usually shooting about six stages a day, roughly. Yeah. So I'm able to maintain that in my brain, then go through, walk through in my head over and over again. But I feel like if I walked all 18, trying to stage plan for all that, it's going to throw that to shit and there it's all about how your brain works if you can process 18 stages cool right right um some matches i don't walk stages till the morning of because it's just uh nice and fresh in the head right yeah yeah so it really it really depends on how i feel for the match like if i'm driving in and i'm getting there the day right before late and i can't walk stages i'm like 
whatever. I'll just walk in the morning. I'll get up an extra hour early and get there. Um, national, same thing. I just, I walked one through, you know, whatever phase I was in, phase three, I think, or zone three. Then I walked zone two, blah, blah, blah. So, but I don't think there's a right way or wrong way to prep for the match. It's just, what's your way? Yeah. But you're looking, yeah, like you said, throttle control where you need to, or injuries, exits, all of that kind of stuff. Do you typically find yourself on match day shooting the stage plan you'd come up with, you know, and and walk through? Does it change? 90% of the time, yeah. yeah. Um, it's very rare that you'll catch me changing a stage plan just because I saw, like, somebody else doing it. Yeah. Um, once it's embedded, it's embedded because then you're just asking to make a mental mistake. Yeah, um, that's true. Like, Area two, I was one of the few people to shoot one stage a certain way out of the whole squad. And every, after I, I went last, and everybody's like, oh, wow, I like that plan better. And I'm just like, you know. Back with it, yeah. Uh, it's, it's my way. It's, you know, that's – and I shoot towards my strength. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, everybody has a different strengths and weak, weaknesses. Like, I treat partial paper as open paper, especially when I'm shooting, like, open or dot. So, yeah. I, you know, I'm just blowing past them uh, versus other people, you know, getting positioned and I'm shooting it stagnant i guess i should say so just play to your strengths and that's that's key makes sense now for like day one are you that person that goes through and checks the scores each day of your match well obviously the last day no you don't but like usually like somebody that's with me will bring up the scores and be like oh hey you know i don't really care um stage day one scores don't mean shit Mm -hmm. there's so much points left out there you can have five stage wins doesn't mean you're gonna finish well right I mean, there's no point. Now, day two, I'll start looking if I feel like I slack some points somewhere mm-hmm. just to kind of get a feel where I'm at in the in my scoring. Yeah. So if I feel like I feel I had a hot day, I usually won't check. It just really depends. I'll have a okay. few matches where I had a bad day, right, and I'm making mics or mistakes or malfunctions. Mm-hmm. Then I'll say, all right, let me look at the scores. You know, do I need to push just a hair here. Mm-hmm. You know, because you don't want to get in the mindset that you just got to go 100% the whole match because then that's where you just, it goes to shit. Yeah. The people who actually know this know that you shoot a consistent match at 80, 90%, whatever, and you're going to win. It's not the 100% every single time. Exactly. And I see a lot of guys getting their own head with scores. Like they'll sit there and they'll just, they'll just keep doing the math in their head and they're like, shit, I'm losing about 100 points. I got to make up 100 points. And I'm like, just shoot your game and let's, let's see what happens. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. sometimes I'll peek and just see what my alpha to Charlie count is and deltas and make sure I'm not making, you know, because if I'm making a lot of deltas and I know I'm pushing the speed a little bit and I just need to tone it down a little bit. But as for like placement with everybody else's scores, I can give a shit less. Yeah, no, this is good insight. So I always try and ask people this, uh, like you're right. And I try to tell people this, someone screenshotted over this past weekend, Fort Benning, uh, their day one. I was like, it's day one. There's three days, bro. Like, oh, but I'm sitting here. I was like, I don't that cool you know <laughs> there's so many people well, that haven't... Know, you, god you see a few people like they'll screenshot ro days yeah <laughs> they're like i'm number two overall and i'm like yeah but there's 400 people coming tomorrow you, you know what's know, frustrating right? about that too is there's instagram followers that think that's like the whole match at the end they've done mm-hmm. it and like they have no clue. Like, like oh <laughs> bro well, congratulations right and and i get it like it's cool to see your name on top especially if you're not a top level shooter right you're like cool i'm fucking right yeah. there but we all you know in the shooting meeting we all know that that's you did good but yeah. that's not gonna stand most of the time oh no it's frustrating ever. i had someone post his wife's scores she had four stages in or something or she had five 
I didn't have my fifth in. And I was like, and then it moved, of course, when I was done. I was like, well, <laughs> you can't go right. out there and say that. Like, that's, oh, you can't. Oh, my gosh. But I don't want to digress. But what I was curious about is, like, you know, like you said, you have to figure out your own mindset. If you did a bad day, you probably shouldn't go look at those scores. If you do, can you handle it to not bring it into day two or whatever? Um, that's what I was more learning. Like, how does someone learn how to look at their days to know what to do at the next day, if that makes sense? I just don't think even if you have a bad day that you shouldn't go turn up the speed tomorrow. I mean, that's just a mistake. Yeah. Uh, you gotta, it's like, I don't know, to compare it, it's like football, right? If your first half sucked and they're up by 14, just keep doing your thing and score 14 points and make them make the mistakes. Right. Mm-hmm. So like, let's say you shot 20% on stage because you had a bad function, right? That sucks because you dropped a hundred points, but let them make, make, let them lose a hundred points over five stages and you, you know, gain back on it. It's especially on matches. It's easy to make up points. Yeah. Now, like at a local, you fuck up one stage, you're not going to win. It's that yeah. simple, <laughs> right? There's no, there's no room for air, making up points there, but area matches nationals. I mean, next year it's 28 stages at high cap. You can literally zero a stage and still finish out fine because that's 27 stages you can gain back on somebody, right? Yeah. Now, if you make a mistake, zero stage at like JJ and Christian's level, it's different, right? Yeah. I can, I'm not there yet, right? I can shoot master level and low GM, but I'm not. I'm not at that level. Probably never will be, honestly. I just, I just work too much. I run two companies, so it's. Yeah. I don't have the time to just dedicate as much time as they do. So. Yeah. No, for sure. So that, that's what I was curious about, like match mentality. And then like, what did you learn after each nationals? Like, how did you go home and get together like a training plan? How did you learn what you needed to work on and that kind of thing? So I have a journal. I actually give a shout out to Mike about that. So yeah, I just use this performance analyst journal. I write down the mistakes I made, my score, you know, my time. And then I look at my videos and see where I lost time on my movement. If it was my movement, was it malfunctions? Was it, you know, if I throw a mic because I didn't respect a tuxedo at 20 yards, right? And then I'll just go practice that at training when I do get time to do live fire. Okay. So all my live fire training is retarded. You can ask Riley. It's just super hard. Mm-hmm. Um, all, all my tuxes are like two inches wide. All my partials, you know, I have this much zone. It's I make it a lot harder in training. So when I go out there, I can treat those like open paper as much as I can, right? Yeah, it's aim small, miss small. Yeah. Same theory, right? Yeah. So, but at distance, so then, at, you know, when there's a partial tux at 10 yards or 15, then I shoot them at 30 smaller than it's cakewalk. Yeah. So. I like that. Okay. Yeah. Mike, Mike had a good tip. I, I did the same thing with journal. I did both though, like where a lot of people would go and write down negative or think negatively. I've tried to add positives. Right. My positive. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Like so when I not- did real well, I'm like, excellent footwork, excellent movement on this match. Boom, right? Give myself a little pat on the back. <laughs> I want to, okay, I want you to read from your journal. Like, open up Randley and like tell, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Read one. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Let me see. I don't have, you know, I just got this this season, so I don't have all my matches in here. But. Excuses already. I want to I read some excerpts. <laughs> so, this one said, take more time on farther steel targets, more aggression and transitions, too many makeup shots and steals. Find my zero. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that was perfect. So, yeah, there you go. And that's just me pushing it still and not, you know, not respecting it. And that was me shooting a CO for the first time. Okay. Okay. That's fair. <laughs> Again, <laughs> With that a borrowed gun. Exactly. Yeah. 
but I just grabbed it out of the box. And I'm like, yeah, let's fucking send it. I didn't know what zero was or where it's at. So that matters. Yeah, trying to shoot it like irons. Exactly. So, but then again, on positive, it's like, Hey, you know, footwork is on point. Cadence was perfect. You know, boom, we top three, the whole match. Awesome. So you got to have positives too, because everything's negative. It turns into a negative mindset. Yes. Yep. But you got to give yourself the props here and there that, Hey, I executed this really well. Yeah. Or, hey, I actually had a good mental game after something bad happened. Mm-hmm. So. How um are you taking notes, by the way, at just majors? Or are you doing at locals town too? Locals too. Yeah. Yep. So I treat locals are my life fire training. Okay. So, of course, I want to win locals just because I'm competitive. They don't mean shit. <laughs> <laughs> but I also practice stuff at a local that might seem off the wall to some of the guys shooting because that's their major, right? Yeah. Yep. And so... I always aim for top first spot, second spot, right? Mm-hmm. But I know if I make a mistake because I was testing something or testing a theory or right, some kind of so like crazy. Push. Yeah, like shout out to Trace Decker. You brought it up actually real quick. Um, that that helps. So like people that shoot majors, he told me go to USPSA local and shoot for speed. Like not worry about accuracy next time. Accurate like A is A is A, so it might be slower. Literally figure out what that thing is. Because the local is not important. It doesn't mean shit. It really doesn't mean shit. Say that louder for the people in the back. But, <laughs> you know. And that's the thing. You can find your 90% match speed after you push one side and push the other side. Yeah. Because there's two gears in shooting, right? Speed and accuracy. Once you find that perfect balance, that's when you start connecting and start having 100% stages. Yeah. If you're too fast and not accurate, right? you're shooting 70 80%. If you shoot accuracy over speed, you're still shooting 80%. But your raw time is way too slow. Yeah. So until yeah. you can get here to get to 90% or better, that's when everything kind of comes together. So who so taught you that? Cause I wish I had, I learned sooner about testing one aspect of shooting at a local. <laughs> just honestly, just myself, just yeah. theorizing. <laughs> I mean, I'm an idiot. So apparently, I'm, a, so. <laughs> I'm a very, I'm a very mental person. Like uh-huh. I'll do a lot of training, watching people shoot their videos and just, I'll, I can mentally break that in my head. And then when I'm driving, like on these long trips, I'll train my brain to, of what I want to do with it. And then it seems to translate in person. Like it's weird, but I have that ability. So, yeah, you're definitely a road warrior too. How far have you driven for a match? <laughs> um, 16 hours, 17 hours is probably my longest so far. Solid. You and I are both idiots. So what's like, <laughs> what's like the, like whatever day one that you've left and then day two, what time did you arrive like home or, but you know what I mean? So usually I'll leave right after the match and I'll shoot all day, go to the awards and haul ass. So like nationals, you know, then get out of there till late I don't know if I can time. late yeah. get home at like eight in the morning, go straight to work. So I don't sleep for two days. <laughs> uh, you remember, what was it? Look, I drove in and then just went and worked the Ely booth for the whole day. Cause I didn't want, I couldn't sleep, Yep. but I was up for like 50 hours. <laughs> <laughs> it was not healthy. <laughs> yeah. Not healthy at all. Looked like a dead guy. So. But I, I've done the opposite where I left on like six o'clock after a three on match all weekend, got home at 8 a.m. and I slept for two days. Like I'm out. <laughs> nice. I don't sleep much, so I don't miss it much. Yeah. Well, this was a two month journey. Two month journey, two matches, to be fair. But yeah, no, it was brutal in the middle of the summer. It's too hot. Three gun mm-hmm. in summer is stupid. I'm going to tell you that. <laughs> Any shooting down here in the summer sucks, but yeah. It actually, it's advantage because, you know, you're training in shit conditions. And when you go shoot somewhere else, it's like, man, this is nice. Like, yeah, that's true. Um, kind of like the guys shooting in, you know, 10 degree weather. And then they come shoot a cold match and they have an advantage over the guys that shoot in the desert. Yes. yes. So. Not for me either. <laughs> right. Um, 
I was going to ask, oh, are you shooting any of like Max Lee Grandis's carbine matches or whatever next year? So I shot one this year, the first ever. Yeah. Uh, very happy with that one. I took 10th overall yeah. in the practical division. Um, that one, I borrowed an AR with an ACOG on it. Definitely not the right rifle for that kind of <laughs> shit. But it was a, what was it? A Sigvertis, the real heavy piston driven one with the ACOG. And yeah, yeah. We just kind of sent it, shot 40 at it, even though there's no major minor. Yeah. It was a good time. So that was a really fun match. I enjoyed the targets and the way they ran it. I think it was a very well-ran match. I wanted to go again here in a couple weeks, weeks, but yeah, yeah, it's my daughter's sixth birthday. She wouldn't let me. So, Oh, that's fair. I'm going to go in March though. I think he's having his next one in March. Yeah. I may try to make that one. I I enjoy it. I love rifle work. I mean, that's, I just enjoy shooting a rifle. So nobody's really putting those on anymore. I know Nevesky had their carbine series for a while. Um, they used to have like a CQB match down Mississippi. We could shoot AKs and everything in division, but like for the most part, I haven't seen a true like rifle match like Max is bringing, you know? And I think it's good that he's revamping it and yeah. getting more people to show up. So it brings all different types of people, right? Like when I went to the first one, there's a lot of guys like that follow like T-Rex arms. Mm-hmm. So they look like his little fucking copies. <laughs> <laughs> But it's good to see them at a match, right? Because they wouldn't normally be at a match. That's true. It's good to see them trying to incorporate that. And then he was there. You know, he sponsored a few stages, which was cool. You know, the guy, he seems nice. I've, you know, I've only talked to him at match, like at that match. Just, you know, I got nothing bad to say about anybody that teaches mm-hmm. uh, the correct way. But it's good. I think that's the only way you get more people to join our sport. It doesn't matter what, you know, if it's rifle or handgun. It's just our sports are sport. It's all guns. Bring yeah. more people to the two A community. So, well, these things might targets different rules and stuff that people are excited about. Yeah, yeah. Of the key, the kill shot and the kilo box, that thing was awesome. You know, it's, it's just you know a lot of the tactical shooting guys. Like you know, when I teach the SWAT team stuff, it's you know we aim for the credit card. So when you transition that to that sport, it's like, hey, I've done this before. Shit, that's easy. I don't have to worry about two shots. Right. Yeah. Or you rip two at it, you get one in the K box with game, right? You, you got your points. Yeah. They're different. You know, they're more shaped like a, you know, person. like a human. So the way I think. <laughs> person. Yeah. Uh, yeah person. Um, the rules are, I like the rules. I mean, yeah. it's totally different though if you never shot that style. Cause like my first day there, I was like, oh, I can just have my rifle banging around, you know, cause it's just a stick until the magazine. So it took me a while to get used to that because I'm like, oh man, I'm flagging people, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But big boy rules. Yeah. And then the different targets, you know, brown is for this, white's for this. It's that's definitely another mindset thing. Mm-hmm. Kind of like our uh, two gun Nazis, you know. You had to remember white was rifle, brown was pistol, whatever. Well, it's process. The faster that you can process information is actually gonna make you a better shooter. So it's the processing that you saw the front sight, that you called your hit, that you got that, you can move, blah, blah, blah. So like, yeah, that technical stuff really helps people and they don't understand that. Like when it's happening. Yeah, and I was super excited to take 10th overall on that. I mean, that was for being my first two gun match officially like that. Yeah. Was, I felt really good with that performance. So I'd like to go do better. Hopefully yeah. top five it. So there's some real talent in that sport though. I mean, you got like Farewell, you got Green, you got all them guys and they're they're tough. Yep. Yep. Which just makes it fun. It does. It's I like to test myself against the best. I mean that's yeah. If I that's lose, why we go to majors. <laughs> exactly. And that's why I go to a ton of them. So <laughs> oh, what was I gonna ask? Oh, have you shot an AK match yet? I have not. Really want to. 
Marco makes me want to because yeah. I see him shooting his AK and it's pretty sweet. So yeah. he he has like an AK for everyone to use. <laughs> he has every type of AK you can ever think of. He brought them to the two gun match and I was I like know. sick. <laughs> you need to go shoot that. You're closer. You could go do that in a weekend. Yeah, definitely could. Love it. Might have to take that up next year. For sure. That's on my list. Um, so switching gears, talking about uh, Valhalla Armory. So when did you open that business? Why did you open that business? You know, what was that leap of faith that you took to to do that? So I love guns. I love teaching people about guns. Uh, I got my gunsmithing license back in the day. So I figured, hell, why not just incorporate it all in one company, training, gunsmithing, and sales? You know, I think everybody should own a gun. That's, you know, of course, within their legal status or whatever, but I'm not going to get into all that crap. But uh, yeah, just. It's something I wanted to do on the side. So I also run a construction company, but you know, the gun thing's my favorite part. Hopefully one day that's all I'm doing is just training, shooting and doing my thing. So I opened back in seventeen. Mm-hmm. So it's about four years now. So this last year and a half has been kinda of rough, of course, trying to get guns because COVID warehouses have been only shipping to the bigger companies. I'm starting to see more come in. Mm-hmm. So that's nice that we're starting to maybe you get a little back of normal. Um, ammo still tough to get, crazy price, of course. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just you know, gear still sells nicely. So I mean, I try to carry a little bit of different people's shit. You know, they'll send me a prototype, I'll try try it out, and then if I like it, I'll put it on the shelf. Cool. And do you have a storefront, or is it just all online? I had a storefront and then shut it down after like six months of COVID. It was yeah. just was losing money, so. Now it's just online and just, you know, if someone calls me, Hey, can you give me this gun? Yeah, sure. Why not? You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So, so hopefully like, 22, if things go back to normal, I'll open up a storefront again. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say 17. I mean, that's still in startup mode, you know, businesses fail pretty quickly in two, three years. And if you're entering COVID that that's hard, yep. especially with freaking definitely been tough. So, but what's been like but, the, the best part of all of that, despite the challenge? That's part of owning your own business and like that kind of business is just like getting you guns, getting guns in new people's hands. Mm-hmm. Like, especially when you get, you know, cause we'll offer like, if you buy this gun, we'll offer a basic class, right? You get a yeah. free class with it. So then I get women or older people that's never shot a gun. They're like terrified of it. Mm-hmm. And then I'll let them fit the gun they want. I'll take them out, shoot all these different guns and say, Hey, which one fits best? You know, which one do you shoot best? And then we'll take the class and then I'll sell them again. Right. That's awesome. So it's like, I let them, because you can't, you know, there's no just one gun that fits women. Mm-hmm. I've had girls that can rack a real strong gun. I mean, it's just, they're built. You mean like the, like the two 1911s behind the back? Exactly. <laughs> but then I've had ladies that, you know, they can't rack a gun other than like the shield EZ with the ball bearings. Yeah. Everybody's different. Mm-hmm. So and then you got some that, you know, their boyfriend's like, oh, no, you need this gun specifically. But it's not even the right gun, right? I had one girl come to my class, and she's shooting a fucking 10 mil short barrel. <laughs> no way. She's just, it's, oh, right? She's almost losing every shot. And I'm just like, here, try my Glock 19, right? Yeah. And then she's like, oh, this is actually enjoyable. Because nobody likes shooting a 10 mil, Hell especially no. small frame like that. It's just not pleasurable. No. And then, you know, some guys are like, oh, no, my wife needs a 22. And I'm like, let's get her, you know, let's get her like a 380 or, you know, something that's let's let her try something before. So that, I, for me, that's it. It's like getting the new people to start shooting and most of them enjoy it. Like, and for me, it's a stress relief. So yeah, it's 
and I, people find that as an outlet now and I enjoy that. And they'll, you know, they'll see me and they're like, Hey man, I've been practicing and I'm like, awesome. You know, and then they want to start competing at some point, yep. especially the guys. They're like, Hey, can I come out and try that at a local? And I'm like, yeah, dude, here's all the locals I shoot in a three hour radius. Come on out. You can ride with me even. Right. Yep. So the funny part about that, I think is that, uh, we are the drug dealers where we're like the one in like 500 miles. Like there's not many of us. Like when people, <laughs> I can't even think about it. It's like, yep, gateway drug right here. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> it's an addicting thing. I mean, yeah. Yeah. you know, and I get there's fear of shooting and, you know, I get it. I, it's, it's it depends how you're raised. It's the power of what a, a gun can do. So, like, I do understand yeah. that at the beginning, right? Uh, a gun's no different than a hammer or yep. it's how you use it is what it's going to do. And so, like, the ones that were raised, like, you know, left that they were like, guns are evil, guns are bad. And then they, they want to try it. And then they realize, shit, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. But then they get shunned by their family over it. So then they have to make that decision, right? Yeah. Which sucks because family should accept you for if you want to shoot a gun or if you don't, like whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just, it opens the whole new world to people. Because a gun's harmless as long as it's in the right hands, right? Absolutely. I love that. And, you know, like my daughter, you know, since she was two, I used to hand her a Glock frame mm-hmm. and we would dry fire with it. Aww. And she doesn't touch, you know, she knows not to touch a gun. It's just, it's how you raise them, how you teach them. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, she owns five guns. She gets one every year for does her Does she birthday. know that? I was gonna say, <laughs> does she know uh, she has five? <laughs> yeah, so she picks out her gun and I buy it for her from the shop. Like last year it was a purple cricket, right? Wait, how does you a one year old pick out a firearm though? <laughs> I just give her a book and she put her finger on it, <laughs> you know? And then like I bought her a, you know, old culture pump action 22 that was a collectible i bought that That's cool and yeah, gave me that one for like her second birthday right so <laughs> it's just that was she'd be more aware she could pick what she wants right now it's colors so the crickets are definitely her <laughs> the colors <Dang>. yeah. <laughs> that is awesome okay have you taught her like the uh firearm rules the safety and all that like is she getting yeah understanding of that you know the uh, black is safe and red is dead Ooh, i like that okay yeah, so that's okay. the easiest way to teach her that. Uh, we go out and shoot. You know, she has her cricket bolt gun, and she has a few handguns that Aww. she plays with. And she's really smart for her age. She's really tall and big. Like she's mm-hmm. sixty-six pounds at five, but like <laughs> super lean and four foot tall. That's awesome. So, yep. good genetics on that part, you know. But uh, you know, she she respects the guns and she enjoys the time shooting them. So, have you taken her hunting? Yeah, we'll try to go shoot rabbits and stuff. She ain't quite got it down, <laughs> like getting the fast enough acquisition of the rabbit before it takes off, you know what I mean? Yeah. But like yeah. when she can hit a can and she just like, oh my God. And it's, <laughs> you know, that's the moment I live for is just I want her to be proficient with the gun as I am. Yeah. You know, and I taught her I taught her mom, and you know, she's proficient with the gun now so she can defend herself, especially when I was gone all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, definitely don't want to leave her home without being able to shoot a gun. Heck so yeah. Now I'm I her back home, so I do the, I'll take care of the people. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's cool. Um, you know, there's something about taking someone to the range and they're shooting paper, but there is nothing like seeing someone hit a reactive target. It doesn't matter what it is. Clay, steel, the mine was cans from my grandpa <laughs> sitting on a log. Yeah, right. <laughs> but that's like, yeah, it's fun. <laughs> I utilize a lot of those dummy ones with the with the head spray. When they hit them in the head, it missed out the red spray. Yep. Especially in my classes, just you know, just so they're aiming at a human and it's actually they're like, oh shit, I just blew his brains out, right? <laughs> yep. Just yep. get that mindset to a point because 
I mean, it's it's not you know taking someone's life is definitely not something we aim to do, but everybody should be prepared for it if ever needed. Yep, we're not uh, stormtroopers. We have yep. one second, one shot, typically. You know. Exactly. Get it out in the threat and move on. So. Yeah. Hmm. Now, um, I know we skipped back over this, but curious about like you've worked with several sponsors like during your shooting career too. Um, like how did those connections with those brands kind of start, you know, and how do those partnerships really help both parties? So it's a give and take system. Of course, when I first started shooting, um, I linked up with Loki tactical root customs and no name precision, right? So they're all Glock, you know, customizers, uh, Loki did their slides and I really loved the product. I own like three of them before I even talked to him about it. Yeah. And so, you know, I was like, Hey man, you know, I'll promote y'all. You know, he, he hooked me up with a slide here and there. So it was a give and take, right? I'd promote him everywhere, pass out his gear, let people test out the slides. Uh, no Name Precision did custom CNC work for me. So he'd make me like custom guns for the shop. Uh, just different, whatever I wanted. He, You know, he'd send me prototypes. Hey, test this out for me. Yeah. And then I'd give him an honest tribute on it. Uh, Rook Customs, that's my boy down in Hawaii. He does grips. Dude's just a freaking maniac with grips. Um, but he's just, you know, we just, it's just give and take. Um you know, you can't just take from these companies. That's what a lot of people think. It's just gimme, gimme, gimme. Yep. But if you're not putting back what you're getting, then what's the point of them sponsoring you or helping you grow, right? You're mm-hmm. growing each other's brand pretty much. Yeah. I mean, that's simple. So some of them, they come to you. Some of them, you come to them. I mean, like I said, people ask me how to get sponsors and I'm like, you know, word of mouth is huge. Um, how you carry yourself your finishes at matches. Some companies care more about your finishes, right? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's not mine. <laughs> Some of them care about your character and like helping other people, bringing new students, yeah. etc. So it yeah. really depends on if your values align, that's a great company to work for. Yeah. Um, you know, like Ely, they came, reached out to me. So that was really cool. They were like, Hey, we've been watching you. We like the way you conduct everything. You know? So it's just, it was awesome that they reached out and, it all started with just the Facebook message. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, I don't have a number for you. Can I call you? And I'm like, sure. Mm-hmm. So, you know. No, it's it's a smaller like, community than we think I, as well. Um, not one of my sponsors, but Widener's, who I, I wrote for, and I still write for for like three years now. I didn't meet them in person until Shot Show of 2020. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just crazy thing about it. it was like two years into it before I even met them in person, you know. <laughs> I mean, there's there's a power of online. <laughs> Do what? Right, right. They're still sponsors. I've shot for three years and never met them. I mean, yeah. it's just, and it's just, like I said, it's a business. That's how you have to see it all. It's what can I give them to give me what, you know, I need. Mm-hmm. So if you're not promoting, you know, you should be giving them what they need online for promotion. And, but if you're not doing that, then there's no point in them signing or helping you out anyway. Um, yeah. Now, um, I'll ask you this on the spot. Um, what are like three things that shooters can do, whether they're sponsored or not, but what are three things that shooters can do to share about brands and companies on social media? I mean, all it takes is a simple like or comment on a company's page that they post something that algorithm changes, right? That's changing all the time. It's hard to keep track of, but it's all it takes is simple share, simple like, and that's going to bring somebody on your page to see that company. And then they're going to click it and see what that's about. Right. It's just a, it's just a long process of how that works. So if I share an Ely thing and somebody that doesn't shoot on my page, right. It could be like 
someone that does competition fitness or boat archery, right? Mm-hmm. They see that, then they're like, oh, what's this? And they hit their page, and then it just makes a bigger web for them. So simple share, simple shout outs. If you use their product, shout them out. I mean, if it runs good, hey, thanks, you know, Eliamo ran great at nationals or hey, my Atlas that I bought used ran great or it's, it's that simple. I mean, it's just simple things to make everybody be connected. The web is the greatest thing ever for expanding your horizons with companies. Yeah. Cause back in the day without it, I mean, it's, if you weren't local to that company, they didn't, you know, they saw your name on a paper, but that's, that's about as far as it went. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's the people traveling too. I mean, that's huge. Yeah, and I, you know, I met a lot of them face to face, just being at matches. So like Grizzly years, you know, I met him a few times at the at nationals, and finally he was like, "Hey man, I'd like for you to shoot for me." And, and I t- I bought his ears before I even shot for him. Loved them. They even work with Open, which is really nice to have electronic ears with that. Yeah. And so for me, it was a you know it worked out match match wise. It was just sure. he had a product I liked, and I liked his product, so I was able to share it with people. Awesome. That's good. Yeah. So I was hoping people listen because I know you and I are very active on social media. So yeah, making posts, sharing posts, liking, commenting, simple stuff, but it goes a long way. It does. Yeah. And if you don't do it, then nobody sees your stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Coming toward the end of this, I was curious, is there a shooting sport or like another hobby, does not be shooting, that you haven't tried that you really want to get into one day? Hmm. <laughs> spelunking <laughs> no for real like <laughs> i mean i do it i i do yeah. anything I'm, i like adrenaline so you do. i know you do <laughs> stupid stuff sign me up I'm, yeah sign me up i'm in um i don't know like nothing like i do everything i want to do right if there's something out there that i've never heard of that excites me i mean let me know and i'll be down so <laughs> okay I'm not a, i can't think of anything top of my head that's just Speaking out to me, I've done everything I could think of that is danger to my life. <laughs> so solid, solid. Um, okay, so well, what's next for for Chase? Just in life and shooting and whatever. Just off season training and get ready for the next season and lay out my schedule and make it happen. So nice. definitely want to top as many majors as I can and definitely aiming for that top 20 in nationals this year or next year so awesome i didn't get that this year due to some issues but next year it happened so. awesome awesome well chase any Thank final you. thoughts you want to leave listeners with oh just make sure your gear is good to go whenever you go to a big match don't wing it yeah <laughs> <laughs> always roll your own and just yeah i mean a little checking of your gear goes a long ways that's something I had to learn this year. So, yep. you know, as much as we shoot, you got to send in your guns for checkup here and there. Yeah. Parts are going to break no matter what. Uh, I learned that this year hard. I did that. I did that this year as well. Learn the way. Dumb. But send it in, yeah. got it back, and it's done. You know, it runs. That's the thing. Yeah, I was, you know, I was, I was going to send it in for Nats, and then I ended up catching COVID. And I was like, oh, well, oh, well, it'll be fine. And, yeah, learn that hard way. So, yeah, you see your gear and just train i mean it's all what you want to do in your life it's it's all it is envision it and make it happen so beautiful love it uh and final thing is any shout outs you want to give to the sponsors that support you yes um shout out to ely you know they've been a great sponsor this season to me uh team motley 
that's my boy that takes care of me, helps me out. Uh, you got Long Shot of Holsters out of Colorado. They make great gear. That's what I run for the last three years. Never broken a holster or caddy. Even with some of these weird stages we shoot. Uh, Rook Customs, if you need grips, that's the guy to go to. Grizzly Ears for your electronic ears. Uh, no name precision for any kind of CNC work you need. You can do anything you can draw. He'll make it for you. Uh, Shell Shock Technologies, you know, their nine major brass or their magnetic brass metal, whatever you want to call it, is outstanding for retaining your stuff. Um, Atlas, of course, for all the good guns and solid customer service. You know, can't find a much better gun in the companies. Uh, Revolution Brass, you know, has bulk brass if you like once fired. That dude helped me get through the seasons, definitely. Um, Empty Pocket Shooting is a local guy that takes care of us here. He doesn't have Facebook or anything, but it's a pretty cool logo. So Empty Brass. Empty Pockets. Empty Pockets. Yeah, it's just a Monopoly man doing this because he's broke. <laughs> uh, and then Greek Arms, I'm a team captain for them this year, so they signed me on that. I'm so pretty excited to do some more rifle work with them next year. Cool. And then, of course, Bob. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. No, shout out to your tax write off. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Well, how can people find you um, online on social media? And then, what's your website URL? Uh, so, the Bearded Shooter for Instagram. I think Facebook's just Chase Reigns. Um, trying to learn Facebook a little bit better now. Uh, for the company, it's Vahal Armory on Facebook and Instagram. And then, our website for Vahal Armory is Vahala Armory.com. Um, if you can't find something on there, just shoot me a text or DM and we'll make it happen for you. Find those DMs. Get that thing. That's right. <laughs> Hit me up. Whatever you need. So Love it. James, thanks for being on the podcast. Um, it's been a fun year uh, seeing you all across the country in different cities. Um, yeah, definitely. Look forward to A6. That'll be our first one. We get to hang out. Yeah, I mean, it's probably gonna be like maybe my second match of the whole year. So I'm I'm finished my schedule yet, but yeah. I'm looking at 20, but I'm trying to tone it down to 15. So we'll see. Yeah. Especially if we're getting busier. So yeah, I'm trying to figure out strategically what to to shoot. So I'm happy, and I'm not showing up with broken firearms. It's <laughs> definitely true. So, but I'll let everybody know what I'm gonna focus on more next year once the season starts. So love it. Keep everybody guessing. Daughter iron or we'll see what happens. Love it. Awesome. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Yeah, go follow Chase. Uh, again, bearded shooters. So that's always fun. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's definitely in a ton of cities just as much as I am. So if you ever need gear, guns, whatever from us, probably not me, far out from Chase, but you'll <laughs> be good to go. Just nobody can touch the beard though. So let's yeah. just get that out there. Beard's <laughs> off limits. <laughs> love it all right thanks listeners tune in for the next episode coming soon thanks for listening to the reticle up podcast be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and on youtube follow along on social media at reticle up or three gun kenzie